Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. It looks like the Mets in a market for a third baseman. And I figured we'd bring this guy on not only because he is a rock star and he is the authority of all Chicago sports and he's a buddy of mine. But there are a lot of storylines with Chicago, weirdly enough, that are kind of intertwined with a couple of the New York teams. So to help us with some enlightening info and some perspective, we bring in my former boss and the drive time host of Parkins. And I don't know how to pronounce his new co-host name. It's his old co-host, so he'll tell me how to do it. I butcher names like there's no tomorrow, so I'll let Danny do it. But the rock star of the score in Chicago, how about that? Danny Parkins. What's up, Danny? You can't pronounce the last name's Spiegel? What is it? Spiegel? Spiegel? I just didn't want to screw it up. You know, it's a new show. You guys are relaunching. I didn't want to, you know, disparage you right out of the gate. Spiegel, I got it. Actually, it's not as hard as I thought. You know what the problem is, Danny? I kind of psyched myself out before I teed you up. That was the issue. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the issue. <laughs> that is that is definitely a you problem. And I mean, I don't care at all. It would have been hilarious if you would have called him Spiegel. Well, uh, I know. But, you'd have uh, material uh, for weeks. I mean, that'd be right up your alley. That'd be terrific. Yeah, well, hey, and listen, I, you have your own language. There's the New York accent, and then there's the JJ accent. So, that is uh, accurate. What's up, buddy? Um, it's good having you on. I'm taking a lot of calls right now on Chris Bryant. And we're trying to weigh the positives and negatives, the pros and cons of him potentially becoming a New York Met. Let's start here, Danny. Why are the Chicago Cubs acting like all of a sudden now they're the Kansas City Royals? It's a great question, and it's really infuriating. Tom Ricketts, the owner of the Chicago Cubs, has done a great job. He has completely revitalized uh, the neighborhood around Wrigley Field. Not that it needed to be completely revitalized. It was always vibrant. But he bought it up, he developed it, and he overleveraged himself. He's got a lot of debt, and the pandemic happened, and live sports obviously went away, and he's crying poor. And the team, frankly, isn't very good. It's failed in the same way at the end of the 17-18 Nineteen twenty seasons, like the lineup, the you know, there's one way to get them out. They have very similar hitters up and down the lineup, and they've fallen short of expectations. And the whole core of the 2016 team is up after 2021, including Chris Bryant. So it was kind of this perfect storm of the pandemic, some debt from the ownership group, and a team that needed to be shaken up and broken up anyway 
that they didn't extend any of their guys because none of them were really performing at peak value. Like the players wanted huge deals with them. They weren't having those good at years. And so it was really tough for player and team to get on the same page with Wilson Contreras, with Javi Baez, with Chris Bryant, with like the stars of that team. And so now all of a sudden they're trying to thread a needle in a weekend L central and claim that they're going to be competitive, but like, you know, 84, 85 wins, I think is this team's ceiling. And I don't think that they're going to get there. And they're going to hopefully, once the world comes back to normal, they launched a new television network last year, pretty much the worst time ever to launch a new TV network, launch a baseball channel, and then you only have 60 games uh, attached to it. Not exactly ideal. I assume that once the world returns to normal and revenues pick back up, the Cubs will be back to being a top five or six spending team in baseball. But right now is a combination of older players approaching free agency on a team that needs to be broken up in a pandemic with debt and a TV network that isn't profitable yet, they're acting like the Kansas City Royals. Fair enough. Now, when it comes to Bryant, do you get the sense they're just going to dump him for salary relief or are they looking for legitimate prospects in return? No, they're going to want legitimate prospects in return. I mean, you. the thing with Bryant is, is again, he's a very good baseball player who is not playing his best and was awful in 2020 heading into free agency after 2021. But this is a guy who they tried to sign for $225, $250 million a couple of years ago, and I don't think he's going to get that. So it's just this whole thing with ego, man, and the team saying this is now your new value and a player in Chris Bryant who – openly admits that he's lost some joy to the game. Like, you got to think about what KB was. He was... He was the MVP, bro. Your team won that World Series. He was the MVP. Well, yeah, but not only was he the league MVP, like, this is a guy who had never failed. You know, like, he was player of the year in the minors, and then he's the rookie of the year, and then he's the MVP. And it was just, like, one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. Yet He had so much success so soon and he got so big, and he has Scott Boris in his ear saying, you're going to be a $400 million, $500 million player. And then, you know, 2019, he hits over 30 home runs. He's got an OPS in 900. He's got a nice season when everybody was hitting home runs. But for him, it was an underachieving year. And then last year is a disaster. And so all of a sudden, he's putting this pressure on himself, and some joy has left him that I honestly don't know that New York would be the best place for the current version of Chris Bryant. So basically what you're telling me is that you would not endorse the idea of taking Bryant on for a year if you're giving up prospects if you're the Mets. That's what you're telling me, it's basically. A, listen, I mean, it's, it's just prospects, and you're trying to win a World Series, and I do think that teams have a tendency to overvalue prospects, but I would be surprised if Chris Bryant signed long-term in New York. Now, if, you know, Cohen is obviously spending more money than everybody else. He's the richest dude in baseball. If he makes Chris Bryant the top offer, I do think money talks, and he would ultimately take it. But how Chris Bryant has been acting recently makes me think that, like, the Arizona Diamondbacks would be perfect for him. Like, low pressure, good weather, kind of get out of the spotlight and just go back to the joy of being a great baseball player. Because, look, don't get it twisted, J.J. Like, if he ends up on the Mets, Chris Bryant is still a great baseball player, a great guy. He's versatile. He can play corner outfield spots. He can play third base. Who knows what the hell the National League is going to do with DH. Like, Chris Bryant is still a very high-ceiling baseball player with a career OPS plus of 134. So it's not like it would be a bad thing or something not to celebrate if he's on the Mets. He's just right now is kind of damaged goods. 
Danny Parkins, the score in Chicago, getting some insight on not only Chris Bryant, but Danny, Mr. Almora is finding his way to Queens. And this is a guy a couple of years ago, I love this game, dude. He's a tremendous defender. He got some big hits for you guys. I thought he'd be a guy that would eventually flourish. It never happened. He ended up being a guy, you know, he's wasting away. He's a quadruple-A type guy. As a fourth-type outfielder, because they're not bringing him in to start. They're bringing him in to be a caddy for Dom Smith, maybe play against the lefties when they bench Brandon Nimmo. Can Albert Almora do that job adequately for the New York Mets? Yeah, it depends what you're asking for him offensively. Like, there was a time when it's like, oh, Albert Almora hits lefties. But now he doesn't hit anybody. Like, his, his swing was kind of broken, and he doesn't take walks. So, like, he's not the guy who can manufacture his way out of a slump by just getting on base. He's a, he's a batting average or bust guy because he also doesn't have any power. He's never had a double-digit season outside of 2019 when, when the ball was juiced, and he hit 12 home runs that year. So this is a, a gap-to-gap slap hitter type with very limited power and a guy who doesn't draw walks. So he has to hit for average, and he has to hit lefties in order to hit for average. So offensively, he is a very, very limited baseball player. But he's a very good defensive player. He's not fast, but he's got a great read on the ball. And here's the thing, man, and I don't mean to like psychoanalyze him, but we had him on for a weekly visit for a while. I really like Albert Almora. He's a good dude. He's a family guy. He's good to the media. He's a good teammate. He's good in the clubhouse. He is a perfectionist in a game that doesn't allow it. He, he beats himself up. And like I, we, I just quick story. We had, we were doing shows from spring training. And, you know, he left the game after the fourth inning and they brought him up to the booth to, you know, do a 15, 20 minute hit on the show. And so he's still in uniform and he's watching the game and he's kind of being real short with his answers and kind of dismissive and like, Hey man, like, you know, what's up? Loosen up. You know, it's spring training. We're out here. We've got a relationship with you. I've had you on the show 20 times. What's going on? And he's like, Oh man, you know, and I just, I get out of the game. Like it just like takes me time to cool down. And I'm just like still locked in. And I was mad that I made the last out of that inning. Bro, it was the fourth inning of like the sixth spring training game. Like you got you no, got not Cubs Cardinals in September. Spring training, Danny. That's wild, bro. That, yeah, and wild. so he just he's just he's wound very tight, and he's the type of guy where if like one thing goes wrong, it ends up being three things going wrong. So again, I like him. He's got value, but don't ask too much of him. Would be what I would say. Now the other team in Chicago, Danny. You know, I'm eyeing up the American League and. You know I'm antsy. Yankees haven't been in the World Series since 2009. My senior year at Cuse, by the way, celebrated at Fagans and Chucks. Just throwing that one out there. Nonetheless, it's been a while for the Yankees. I think they're the team to beat in the American League because they basically have given you the status quo, and there are very few teams that have improved, Toronto being one of them. The other team is the other team in your town, the Chicago White Sox. They got a scary good young core offensively. They add Lance Lynn. They add Liam Hendricks. Am I looking at the Chicago White Sox as a legitimate World Series contender, Danny, or am I overreacting to a weak American League? They are definitely a legitimate World Series contender. I think that they've left money in reserve to be buyers at the deadline. There's certainly a lot of youth, though. Like The the thing with the White Sox is, they have basically as much talent as anybody in the sport outside of the Dodgers. And then you start talking about the Yankees and the Padres and the Mets, and you know all the teams. But I would say, like, pound for pound, talent for talent, 
the White Sox are right there. They're just young. And so that means they're volatile, right? Who knows? Does Eloy Jimenez regress a little bit? Does Luis Robert regress a little bit? Does Tim Anderson regress a little bit? Or does Luis Robert take the next level and uh, the next leap and be an MVP candidate? Does Michael Kopech come back and give him 150 innings with an ERA in the twos? Or does it take him a while to get back to the big leagues and he has a couple of trips back and forth between AAA and the bigs? Like They just have a lot of volatility because of their youth. But this is the first year. They were a year ahead of schedule last year during the pandemic. And now this is the first year where their window is wide open. So it's just a matter of do the young guys under the bright lights with preseason expectations, they're going to surprise nobody. Do they rise to the occasion or do they fall flat on their face, take one step back to take two steps forward in 2022 and beyond? we got my main man, Danny Parkins. Check him out in the score, Chicago drive time aficionado host. Now, Mr. Parkins, I am curious because here in New York, we're spending a lot of time on the future of Deshaun Watson. And I know you have ties to Clemson, and I may have some financial ties to Clemson because they've been good to me over the last five years. Ohio State this year, but in general, Clemson, Watson winning titles, put some money in my pocket. I love the sound of that. That's a thing of beauty to me. But you're a guy who watched basically every snap of Deshaun Watson's career in college. Do you still get calls to this day? And I have to imagine that you do, considering Watson and how he's turned out. Mahomes and what he is. Like, the anger amongst Bear fans day in and day out. I I can't imagine, dude, what that is like. That must be outrageous, bro. No, I mean, it's the number one story. It's the biggest draft blunder in Chicago sports history. I mean, it's, you know, the Bulls benefited from the Blazers taking Sam Bowie, and then the Bulls got Michael Jordan and turned it into a dynasty. But Pat Mahomes was number two on Ryan Pace's quarterback board. And so it's the greatest what if in Chicago Bear history is what would have happened if they would have drafted Pat Mahomes and the guy that I was beating the table for, which was Deshaun Watson. So, of course, I mean, it's it's omnipresent. It's it's always there with all the conversation. And now, you know, do you trade for him if he's actually going to be traded? I don't believe that the Texans are dumb enough. They, They are very dysfunctional, but I don't think that they're dumb enough to trade the second most valuable asset in the NFL. But if you're asking me, do Bears fans still have regrets and nightmares over the 2017 draft? Yeah, JJ, they're never getting over it. Because think about this, man. Like you talk about like bad football in New York and what you guys have seen or whatever over the years. Bears have never had a 30-touchdown quarterback, or a 4,000-yard passer. Forget a 5,000-yard passer. A 4,000-yard passer. Like, there are, like, the debate is, who's the best quarterback in modern Bears history? Jay Cutler or Eric Kramer? So, like, the quarterback futility in this town is just legendary. And so the idea that they could have had either Mahomes or Watson and they ended up with Mitch Trubisky – until they get a franchise quarterback of their own, the fan base will never be over it. Totally get it. Final one, Danny. The starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears in 2021 is who? I think Carson Wentz. I think that they – it just makes sense. I'm not saying that he's going to be great. I don't know. I think he's the most polarizing quarterback who's going to change teams this offseason. 
was 2020 an aberration or is it the new norm? He was the MVP in 2017 before he got hurt. He dragged a very mediocre and banged up Eagles team to the playoffs in 2019. The 2017 to 2019 stretch would be better than any stretch that any Bear quarterback has ever had by far. Matt Nagy and John Filippo have ties to Doug Peterson and that offense in which Carson Wentz was successful. John Filippo was in Philadelphia when Wentz had that MVP caliber season. He's now the passing game coordinator and quarterback coach in Chicago. And once you bring back Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, the GM and the coach of the Bears, but don't give them a contract extension, they're on the hot seat. So I don't think that they can just like draft a developmental kid in the third round and start Nick Foles and be satisfied with a seven-win season. Like they, they have to take a swing with a high upside possibility, however unlikely it might be, off that 2020 season. So I'm, if I have to bet and give you a name today, I, I will say it's Carson Wentz. Danny Parkins. Parkins and Spiegel. See, I got it right. I got it right. Only took one take. Only took one take. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, just not, it's not a hard name. It'd be no, like, but listen, oh, some names are a lot trickier than you think, though, Dan. You know that. You know that. I know, I know, but it's it's Jahone Jastrzemski, right? Or is it Ja? I just don't know. I can't, I can't. I've heard Jastrzemski, bro. Jakowski, I've heard all sorts of wacky stuff that well, I can't say. Your, your last name is kind of confusing. S-P-I-E-G-E-L. Not, not that hard. Eh, eh, maybe, maybe not. I thought it was a little. All right. I want to make sure I got it right. Listen, bro, thank you so much for the time. You are the best. I love being on with you and Costos every football Sunday. To, to many more years of that, bro. Health, success, wife, family. Love you, bro. Thank you. All right, buddy. You too. Talk soon. That's Danny Parkins, who is one of the uh, rock stars in the company. Score in Chicago. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.